0: Conservative leader Pierre Polyev voiced strong opposition to the Liberal government's proposed Online Harms Act on Tuesday.
1: A new study reveals that the government's incoming pharmacare legislation could jeopardize the insurance coverage of 21.5 million Canadians.
0: Rogers, Bell and Tellis are cashing in on the surge of new immigrants in Canada. Hello, Canada. It's Wednesday, February 28th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Lindsay Shepard.
1: And I'm Isaac Lamoureux.
0: We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev has voiced strong opposition to the Liberal government's proposed Online Harms Act, asserting that robust criminal laws are the key to protecting children rather than censoring opinions. Poliev pledged to bolster criminal law and enforcement measures to ensure the well-being of children. The Conservative leader's remarks come in response to the unveiling of the Online Harms Act, also known as Bill C-63, by the Liberal government which aims to combat what it terms online hate through stringent penalties, including hefty fines and the possibility of life imprisonment for hate crimes. Polyev said in a statement, quote, Common sense conservatives believe that we should criminalize and enforce laws against sexually victimizing a child or re-victimizing a survivor online, bullying a child online, inducing a child to harm themselves or inciting violence. Criminal bans on intimate content communicated without consent, including deepfakes, must be enforced and expanded. We believe that these serious acts should be criminalized, investigated by police, tried in court, and punished with jail, not pushed off to new bureaucracy that does nothing to prevent crimes and provides no justice to victims." Isaac, the government is tabling this legislation under the guise of protecting children, And the Conservatives rightly should be opposing this bill, as it's clear the government is infringing on the free speech of Canadians. Do you believe the media and the Liberals will attempt to accuse the Conservatives of not wanting to protect children?
1: I've already seen the legacy media framing their articles about Bill C-63 around the Liberals wanting to protect children. We know that this is not what this bill is about. It will let the federal government control information online at a level that no democratic or free society should have, in my opinion. We heard about a week ago Pierre Poilievre respond to Andrew Lawton's question at a press conference about the introduction of the online harms bill. What does Justin Trudeau mean when he says the word hate speech? Pierre asked rhetorically. He means speech he hates, he said. Then Trudeau, at his own press conference later that day, defended the bill. He framed it almost entirely around protecting children. This is yet another example of Pierre Poilievre being irresponsible and not serious and choosing to play politics instead of actually focusing on what matters, which is how to keep our kids safe, said Trudeau. So we've seen Trudeau already position the argument around Poilievre not wanting to protect children, but I don't know that the media has gone that far yet. However, we know that the legacy media often acts as an extension of the federal government Do you think that they'll begin to echo Trudeau's position against Polyavra? Because I imagine people working for Legacy Media have to dislike this bill and see the harms that it could cause, Lindsay.
0: You know, I don't agree with everything the Conservatives do, obviously, but I think they're very right to decouple the, you know, protecting children element from the freedom of speech online element. Because they're two very different things and it's very, very wrong to have them put together in this bill. In the way that they are. And back in 2019, I was actually called as a witness to the House of Commons Standing Committee on Justice and Human Rights about online hate legislation. And I argued to the committee, which is composed of liberals, conservatives, and um, they had, I think, one NDP member because it's based on um, a ratio, like a proportion of MPs that are in office. Um, So I testified that we don't need this online hate legislation it's going to cast too wide of a net um, saying something like biological males shouldn't be competing in women's sports i mean that's the kind of thing that this legislation will deem hateful and could result in a fine and it's not fear-mongering to say such a thing because that is that is a legitimate concern um and back in 2019 i mean there were different issues you know like the deep fakes ai videos ai generated video that wasn't so much of a thing back then Um, But nevertheless, just to see the protecting children element, which I believe we do need. And the conservatives are taking the right approach by criminalizing it, not adding more bureaucracy, not adding some sort of (laughs) complaint platform where no one's going to get back to you. And he's right to say no one's going to get justice. Um, Yeah, this has no place being tied into something about hate speech.
1: Implementing a universal single-payer drug insurance plan could compromise the quality of coverage for at least 21.5 million Canadians, revealed a new study from the Montreal Economic Institute. This comes as the Liberals are expected to reveal their Pharmacare bill, which was a key promise Prime Minister Justin Trudeau made to NDP leader Jagmeet Singh as part of their confidence and supply agreement. Private insurance plans cover a broader range of medications than provincial government public insurance, researchers found. Between 2018 and 2021, private plans reimburse 51% more unique medications than public plans. Approximately 25 million Canadians have private drug insurance coverage based on 2020 data, about 65% of Canada's population. Of this number, 21.5 million lived in the four most populated provinces. Pharmacare would likely prohibit purchasing complementary insurance that provides additional coverage for non- or partially covered drugs. However, If an insurance plan no longer covers certain drugs, pharmaceutical companies will likely stop distributing them in Canada, revealed Emmanuel B. Faubert, the author of the research. Lindsay, the government tabled its pharmacare legislation on Tuesday. It's clear they're going forward with this expensive and unnecessary plan. Do you believe the Liberals are capitulating to the NDP to avoid an election?
0: Well, Alberta's health minister said as much, Isaac. Um, As you mentioned, this National Pharmacare program, which for now focuses really only on contraceptives and diabetes medication, it was introduced as part of the confidence and supply arrangement between Jagmeet Singh's NDP and the Trudeau Liberals. Singh agreed to prop up the minority liberal government until 2025 if the Liberals develop policy around NDP priorities, such as universal dental care um, and now this National Pharmacare program. And Singh had previously threatened that if an arrangement was not reached on Pharmacare by March 1st, his party would walk away from the arrangement. And we do know that Alberta's health minister, Adriana Lagrange, she's already said that Alberta will likely opt out of the national Pharmacare program. She said earlier this week that the province wasn't consulted and the federal government is overstepping their jurisdiction. Lagrange said she would instead demand per capita funding to enhance what she called an already robust provincial PharmaCare program.
1: Another interesting thing to add, which we didn't mention there, is that Finance Minister Krista Freeland said that PharmaCare will not jeopardize Canada's fiscal standing and that it can be implemented without going over the government's spending budget announced last fall. But according to the parliamentary budget officer, PharmaCare would cost $2.6 billion in 2023. This is based on the assumption that Quebec's list of drugs would be implemented uh, across Canada as every province has a different list of covered drugs, but the simulation then shows that the cost would reach $11.2 billion by 2024 and $13.4 billion by 2027. And Faubert uh, mentioned in her research that these additional costs will obviously fall on the taxpayers' shoulders in form of taxes devoted to paying this new bill.
0: The Liberal government's record immigration targets might not benefit people trying to buy their first home, but Canada's top telecommunications companies are raking in the dough due to the influx of new subscribers. Cell phone plans are among the first things new immigrants sign up for upon arrival. According to the credit rating agency Morningstar, DBRS, the few major carriers allowed to operate in Canada have seen cell-planned subscriptions explode. According to Rogers CEO Tony Staffieri, the company is doing extremely well in signing up new immigrants to their plans. Meanwhile, Quebecor Inc. CEO Pierre-Carl Pellidot, who owns the subsidiary Videotron, said they were also doing extremely well due to the immigration targets. Despite the inflow of new subscribers, sell plans by Canada's oligarchical providers are not getting any cheaper. Rogers and Bell announced that they plan on increasing wireless data phone plan prices despite a promise from the Trudeau government that prices would come down. Rogers revealed plans to make price adjustments to several phone plans, including for FIDO customers. Isaac, why aren't prices getting cheaper for Canadians and new immigrants if these telecom companies are doing so well?
1: Well, Lindsay, there are only a handful of telecom companies that act in the space they can, in theory, charge whatever they want. It's an oligopoly, as you said. And while demand has increased with these new immigrants, supply has increased at an equal rate. Pretty much everyone needs, or at least has, a cell phone and with it a cell phone plan. Limited competition results in telecom companies charging prices higher than a freer market would allow. I had an exclusive interview with Aaron Woodrick, director of the McDonald laurier Institute's domestic policy program, when Rogers and Bell announced that they were hiking wireless phone plans at the start of the year. In a market economy, if you want prices to be lowered, you make sure that there aren't barriers to competition. They didn't do that. They just said, we want you to lower prices. This is not how things are supposed to work in a market economy, said Woodrick, responding to Industry Minister François-Philippe Champagne's complaint that Canadians still pay too much and see too little competition. Then Ryan Williams, Conservative MP for Bay of Quint, posted to X that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau promised in 2019 to lower cell phone bills by 25%. He also promised the Rogers-Shaw merger would lower cell phone bills. None of that is true, said Williams. Woodrick joined his criticism, saying that the promise of 25% was ill-advised to make in the first place, noting the difficulty of calculating such a number. What's even more bizarre is this government seems to be contradictory on the issue of competition. They keep talking about how competition is good and they want more competition, not just in telecoms but in things like grocery. Yet they spend all this time vilifying and attacking businesses and then wonder why no one wants to go into these sectors, said Woodrick. He also pinpointed the root of the issue as legal barriers against foreign competition in telecom leading to an oligopoly dominated by Bell, Rogers and Telus. He suggested that opening the market to foreign competitors allowing real competition in telecom could be the solution. Companies from the OECD, Canada's reliable trading partners, should be able to come into Canada and do business in the telecom industry. That's the answer. Everybody knows that's the answer. But the reason nobody wants to touch it is because that might be bad for Bell and Rogers and Telus and they won't like that. That's the reason we don't have real competition. That's the reason Canadians are paying high prices for telecom, said Woodrick. While a free market is the solution, he explained that no business wants to sign up for a sector that will be used as a political football, and he added that the Liberal government was basically slitting its own throat when it starts attacking businesses in a sector and then complains that nobody wants to compete in that sector. So they need to wave their hands a lot and make it look like they're very concerned about it. They won't do anything about it. They want to be able to promise magic. They want to be able to promise lower prices with no downside. That's not possible. So we'll just hear more empty rhetoric, said Woodrick. Lindsay, I'm curious, do you see a future where the telecom market is not an oligopoly?
0: I hope so. I mean, the justification that even Canadians will tell themselves is, oh, you know, we're such a big country. Um, These telecom companies, they need to have such vast networks, and that's why it's so expensive, But if you look up, you know, how expensive is a phone and data plan in Russia, the biggest country in the world, um, I think it's, you know, a fraction of what we pay here. So I don't know if we should buy that explanation uh, that we're just a big country and so we're doomed to have, you know, some of the highest cell phone and data rates in the world. But, you know, as some personal advice, until we can get our prices lowered on a more mass scale um you know you're not going to be handed a discount by your phone provider so you have to advocate for yourself right i mean I've, i think i've told this anecdote before when we've been talking about this um, issue of the oligopoly of telecom companies but you should call up whoever your provider is for it's virgin mobile and say hey i've been with you guys for five years 10 years 15 years Um, I'm looking at my options. What can you do for me? And maybe they'll knock off, you know, 10, 15, 20 bucks off your bill. So uh, advocate for yourself. Don't just think that you're doomed because you live here. Try to do what you can.
1: And just to elaborate quickly on the price of data, I was looking at an analysis done by cable.co.uk and they, they covered the average cost of one gigabyte of mobile data for 237 countries. And surprisingly, Canada was among the lowest countries, ranked 216th at $5.37 US per one gigabytes of data. Israel, at the top of the leaderboard, pays only two cents for a gig of data, and data was most expensive in Zimbabwe at $43.75 per gigabyte.
0: That's it for today, folks. Make sure to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors, And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Bye for now.